What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 92, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, normally, I have, like, a funny thing to say, <laughs> but the first thing, we have to get it out of the way. The first thing we have to say is uh, we're thinking of everybody in Turkey, in oh, yeah. Syria. I mean, these earthquakes are just things that you see in in disaster movies, man. And, and I don't really have anything. I want to start things off happier, but the, the, the images that come out of there, the stuff that you see and, and how much, uh, at least the footballing world is, is rallying around everything going on there. Uh, it gives you hope. Um, even if there's no hope to be had right now in Turkey. So I really, really am uh, wishing the best, but I, I got to ask you beyond the football, man, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm re and that's oh, a phenomenal good. way of starting it. And I want to give a big shout to Demiral doing giveaways of players, signed jerseys. That's an excellent yeah. initiative because the people in Turkey deserve everything and Syria. Okay, both countries unfortunately got hit by earthquakes, and they deserve the whole support of the world. And we should unite and help. Big shout out to that. But. Needing help too, okay? I gotta say, in a football sense, it's Chelsea. Oh my days. Three draws in a row. And Graham Potter now with Enzo, João Felix, Benoit Badiashile. And I think they're looking good. People are starting to point fingers at Graham Potter. And what do you think? Will he stay so mm. until the end of the season, Breton? Uh, once again, if it was anybody other than Todd Bowley, I would say, yes, I think he would stay through the end of the season. But because it's Todd Bowley, I think there's no way in hell he stays through the end of the season. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, what, 100 million uh, euros a point as it stands right now. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, that, that first half for Chelsea, mm -hmm. that first half for Chelsea was encouraging. Right. I mean, you saw the electric nature of Mudrick, uh, even though Cucurella, even though Cucurella didn't want to pass to him much. I don't know what's going on there. Oh. Uh, you saw you saw the control that Enzo has of games, even if he does make a, a mistake here <laughs> and there. You you're starting to see Enzo like kind of settle in. And you also see um, that wonderful connection. I think him and Jao Felix, I think they're the only two people that are like literally on the same page. Right. Facts. They're the only Facts. two people that were on the same page for Chelsea. So there are glimmers of hope for Chelsea. But yes, I mean, tongue and in cheek, Ashley. I say. And Badia Shili is great. And and guess guess who's not registered for the Champions League? <laughs> Badia Shili. <laughs> oh, that days. makes no sense. The wrong decision right there. <laughs> and I want to say yeah. you're saying Enzo's showing. It was great. OK, in this yeah. game against yeah, West Ham. And Enzo is his second game. And so it's the second game, and I want to see Chelsea's record until the end of the season with losses too, because Enzo will improve from what was in the past. And João Felix and mm -hmm. Enzo are different class, and they need a proper striker in, in front. João Felix yeah. with a striker, with a proper number nine, Harry Kane, Ozime, even Gosal Remsch. If Enzo, Felix, Befica connection is looking special. With Gonzalo Remsch, it's going to look even better. So I just yeah. want to give that shout. And it's zero wins and 323 million pounds spent. This is such a big investment. And people should, should be pointing fingers at the results not being there for Chelsea. So I really got to yeah. say that first. That's, that has to be said. 
And I, and I will say it as well. Um, I know Chelsea fans will feel robbed, right? With the, the technically it was a handball and the, the whole, you put your hand down and the ball hits it. I mean, that looked relatively intentional. I don't know whether or not that ball was going in, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, I, I get that feeling, but let's be honest, you know, Chelsea fans, mm-hmm. that, that is not the way you win necessarily a game. The way you win a game uh, is you, you play well as a team and you play as good in the second half as you do the first half, which did not happen. Mm-hmm. They looked relatively lifeless. West Ham was the better team in the second half. There's no doubt about it. So it, they, you know, I think we need to focus your intense place anyway, mm-hmm. right? You need to focus more on, you don't want to win this game by, uh, I forget who it was. Was it Suchek or whoever it was that put their hand down? Mm-hmm. Win this game because you outclass them, you outplay them, right? And there were glimmers of hope. There absolutely were glimmers of hope. And the defense, I think, is much better. It, it's just, they fell asleep. I mean, that... And, that, and, that's the that's just not knowing each other. It's not knowing each other well. And right? I agree. And this locker room, I think one of the main reasons why Chelsea, it's a very tough, it's very tough locker room for Graham Potter to manage at Chelsea. Players like, in my opinion, Pulisic know, knows he's leaving. I see Connor mm-hmm. Gallagher, maybe Ziyech. Uh, I see Mendy, Kovacic, that's a brilliant player. Kante, okay, an oh historic player for Chelsea. All these players are going to leave short term, so it must be so hard to handle for Graham Potter. But come on, decisions like starting Kukurela ahead of Ben Chilwell can't, can't happen. And it's shocking (sighs) that we didn't see Chilwell play with Mudrik, play with Mudrik against West Ham. That was an obvious decision, in my opinion, and I want to see that in the future. And Enzo, Jean-Felix, Mudrik, Shilwell there, Benoit Badiashile. Those are big, I think, positives for Chelsea in this game, in my opinion. But, so. but, you, know what's, but you know what's pretty insane is that, like, Graham Potter playing Mark Cucurella at Brighton yeah. has been so different than Graham Potter playing Mark Cucurella at Chelsea. Right. Uh, you know, I get it. It's a different personnel very clearly, but Mark Cucurella was always his best bombing forward. And he doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore. In mm. fact, he's more of a backwards or a sideways player, maybe a little more of a conductor. I mean, yet the ball always finds him, but yes, I agree. He, he limited Mudrik. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he essentially acted, M- Mark Cucurella acted as the best defender on Mikhailo Mudrik um in that game you know <laughs> and and i i i want to see more of him and i think you're right Chilwell probably would have been better in that moment or neither of them frankly but cucarella in a brighton shirt has been very different than cucarella in a chelsea and, shirt and look at the cucarella with mudrik game and look at luke shaw yeah. with sancho game the difference mm. is unbelievable and the team dynamic must be there chelsea start chilwell with mudrik at least try it everyone deserves to see that happen that's a shout that i must do and i want to ask oh yes because it was a west Uh ham chelsea and who would you rather have enzo fernandez or declan rice right now i'm gonna say enzo Uh fernandez i prefer enzo right now in my opinion (laughs) well yeah i mean I mean, I, I don't think that that's, uh, that's too hard of a decision. I would go with Enzo because he can do a whole lot more on in a whole lot of directions, Perfect. you know? Uh, and he's obviously coming from a much better club setup and a much better run of form, but Declan Rice clearly, or a club with a run of form, mm-hmm. um, but Declan Rice has clearly been like the only consistent good thing for West Ham at all this whole season as this 
as these supporters, these West Ham supporters that were getting used to like decent times, mm-hmm. right? Decent times. Uh, they're now holding their nose when they go to these games and David Moyes still has a job and they're trying to dig their way out of a relegation fight. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Funny. But, you know, Enzo and Declan can certainly coexist in a midfield in the future. <laughs> and I think that might happen. Let's see. Let's <laughs> see with Chelsea. Todd Boyley, if that midfield <laughs> happens, it's certainly one of the best. Oh and Andre Santos in the future. Already five goals in <laughs> Copa Sudamerica and I want to highlight this Wonder kid, what one of the best signings, in my opinion, of the trans the transfers in January. So absolutely, especially for for the value, considering how much they spent on everything else. Uh, Andre Santos is going to pay off fivefold, if if not more than that. And Carmen, uh, but also, but oh, oh yeah, and Chukwemeka. I'm, I'm a little bummed we didn't see much of him in that game. Uh, or at all. I don't even think he got on the pitch, did he? <laughs> no, um, no, but... if, if he if he did, he was anonymous. But no, I, I'm pretty sure he wasn't on the pitch. But listen, if you're going to spotlight um, uh, Brazil, right, and you're going to spotlight our Andre Santos, you also got to give a shout out to Uruguay's U20s, who actually have a two-point lead over Brazil as they get ready mm-hmm. for that finale, that last game, to potentially win the U20 Sudamericano. They have been very, very good. True. And in the future, as you know, as that game happens, we will spotlight some of those players you got to watch that are not named Andre Santos and mm-hmm. Vitor Roque. Ah, um, from, I'm gonna say, uh, you know, I'm gonna mention him. Yeah, later. I was gonna mention. Yeah, well, him well, later. we we can we can go back to that, but you know, you just got my mind racing when you <laughs> uh, spoke about Andre Santos because this kid Fabricio Diaz for Uruguay is absolutely phenomenal, and I hope mm-hmm. somebody takes a uh, stab at him. Portuguese um, in clubs, the very man. near future. Sporting Port yeah. Benfica. Go for oh, this kid, man, okay? Yeah. Impressing yeah. in Copa Sudamericana. But you mentioned Vitor Roque, and he's being very yeah. linked to Arsenal. And Arsenal do need some inspiration in that attack that Gabriel Zouj is missing. Bukayo Saka is clearly the best player of Arsenal next to Martin Odegaard. It's clear as mm-hmm. day. And he, they need a goal scorer. Must happen. And Trussard, he did what he got to do. Super sub, scored 16 million transfer. It was, he's, he's yep. doing, he's, it's not bad. But no. they need more. They need more, in my opinion. And they need the goal scorers to perform Arsenal. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I, they look tired. I mean, they look That's... tired. They don't. They don't. They don't look as bright as they have in the past. You know, where it was every game was like a, um, you know, a small sided pitch game, like where they were out there and they were ready to just show off, right? They were ready to get things done. They look tired, and and I'm pointing more specifically at that defense. Uh, even though they're not letting up goals a lot uh, at all, really, you know, too much, they are kind of turning off at the wrong times. And and William Saliba and Gabriel are are two of the ones I think that are the culprits. And don't get me wrong. They've been absolutely phenomenal for Arsenal this whole season, but I'm just simply saying, they just, uh, yeah, in this season. Yeah. I'm, sure. Sure. I mean, I think Botman and uh, Fabian Schar probably want to uh, and, fight you for that. And then Lewis, uh, but Dunk. they've now, and then Lewis, and Lewis Dunk and Lewis Dunk, but they've now let up goals in three games, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So, Hey, Newcastle's no longer, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, but I, I do have to say like William Saliba, I, I keep hawking on this. I keep, uh, mm. that, that run of a month, right. Where he was not playing for France, but he was, you know, going through that whole period, um, that whole world cup and that whole experience. 
Um, I almost think it was a net negative for him. True. In the long run, it's it's a net positive, right? Because it's an experience, but he didn't earn anything from uh, that, he right? Didn't, he, didn't he didn't play. No, he didn't play a lot. Exactly. Facts. And I almost feel like that he hasn't been back to his pre, pre-World Cup form. And that's okay because Arsenal, they're not necessarily like, you know, getting dropped, but they are dropping points. And these are very costly points when you have – Two fixtures on the horizon, one this Wednesday at the Emirates versus Manchester City. Um, So I'll be really interested to see how a very frustrated Manchester City attack does against a very, um, not tired, but a mm, under (laughs) under their best Arsenal centre-back duo. It's it's going to be an interesting game. And if Man City wins both their games, uh, next games of the Prem, they will be equaled with Arsenal. So these games Mm -hmm. against Everton and now Brentford are very costly for Arsenal and Arteta. I'm going to say this. For starters, I really believe that the man of the the match of the Arsenal-Brentford was Ivan Tony. And they showed that Arsenal should have got him in January, maybe, okay? Because Arsenal needs goals. Eddie Nketiah, Gabriel Jesus is missed, and Tony would have performed just like England. England in the World Cup needed Tony too. Tony has 20 games, 14 mm-hmm. goals, and three assists. Physicality. He matched Gabriel and Saliba. And Emirates, huh? this stadium is so so tough to play in right now so i is my big big shout out of the match and once again i want to highlight if arsenal Mm -hmm. do not win titles in the next two three years players like saliba saka odegaard will not be happy at the club they won't that's the expectations of the top players right now so Arsenal yeah. must perform. And I think they will. I think Arsenal can win a Premier League title with Arteta. But it's going to be tough. And that's so exciting, yeah. man, with the Prem. <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I mean, this is almost... Uh, it makes me think back to kind of where we were 18 months ago, right? When it came to Mikel Arteta and his project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you fast forward. And I don't think even Marque- Mikel Arteta... I don't think he realized uh, how quickly this kind of project could gain steam, right? It's one of those things where maybe you expect incremental growth with support along the way. But no, I mean, they went into this January transfer window having to figure out how to make a move, right, to shore things up because they have this lead that should be a sustainable lead in the Premier League if they can continue to play up to their form. So now you've just got this massive transformation, that is his own doing. And it's kind of like, have Arsenal gotten ahead of themselves? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think them dropping points is fine as long as they're not dropping game after game after game and it becomes three, five, seven losses, like, say, a Liverpool shutdown in the past when they've had these phenomenal starts to the season. But it is, it, yeah, it, it is a question that it, he would not be a human if it wasn't creeping back into his mind like, holy crap, we've come really far really fast right and um and that's that's interesting and i think we're gonna get our first big answer um this week (laughs) and and for arsenal and arteta the match against man city next week is the most important match of the season people will say if arsenal are gonna win the league 
if they perform big time in this game. And Man City can turn around this whole season with negative news surrounding Bernard Silva, the Cancelo Oi. exits, and obviously Oi. the guilty, the financial, the financial uh, accusations okay, surrounding Man mm -hmm. City. If they beat Arsenal, everything goes around. So it's a yeah. big, very important match for Arsenal and for Man City. But again, but, Arsenal yeah. should have signed more players in January, in my opinion. And a player like Tony would have been good. I want to reiterate that because I really think that. I really think yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that midfielder, right? Tell him, man, um, man. I, we, we tell him man, man. I don't get it. Like, I don't what? get it. That, that's, 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 that's crazy for me. Like, <laughs> no, I don't I, it, it, that felt like as big of a slam dunk as, as picking up Trossard for cheap instead of wading into the, the fight for Mudrick. I know a lot of people think Mudrick would be the key. I think Mudrick would be the key to a sustainability mm -hmm. at the top, right? Or close to the top for Arsenal long-term. But in terms of Trossard versus Mudrick for this particular transfer window, Trossard gives him a, a, a little more, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not variability, a little more uh, tactical flexibility, a little more guarantees, somebody that's been here before. Yes. I, I know I know, Mudrick's probably the better player long-term, but Trossard gets it done right now. And I feel like Tielemann would have done that in midfield, in depth in midfield for them as well, without, um, you know, without hurting a long-term vision. Right. Without hurting a long term vision. And I really think that that could have been something they could have gotten over the line. And now now with how Lester's playing and with Brendan Rodgers uh, spanking Tottenham four to one, um, you know, I, I think you couldn't pry Tielemann away. Um, sure. Long no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, not um, too, yeah, not too big game from him. Oh and I want to give a gosh. shout on the prem. I want to <laughs> give because I'm Portuguese too. But it's true. Yeah. Fulham are playing their top eight, okay, in the Premier League. <laughs> and it's because yeah. of Mark Silva. Mark Silva mm -hmm. effect is real. Bringing in Padinha, putting in Andres Pereira, Tete, Leno, phenomenal goalkeeper, Mitrovic, and super sub Carlos Vinicius. All the right moves were done. And William at 34 is balling out in London yeah. at, with Fulham. So big shout out to this club that... They're doing great decisions. Great. And decisions. I'll, I'll tell you what, big, big shout out. I, I know we don't, we don't do this these days. Mm. We don't do this. A big shout out to the ownership group at Fulham. True. Okay. I believe his name is Tony Khan. I could be wrong, but big shout out to him because look at what Fulham had gone through over mm. the last five to seven, what is it? Five years up, down, up, down, up, down. Right. True. And um, you know, to stick with it. And, and this time he stuck to his guns. It wasn't, I'm going to go spend, spend, spend and bring in, who was it? Angisa before Angisa was Napoli Angisa, right? Um, to bring in a bunch of guys that were just so, uh, just a price tag, essentially, that never worked out, never worked out at all. Um, and to instead go for a vision, right? And give Marco Silva um, the tools to bring in uh, some of these players that have been massive this year. Andreas Pereira at this uh, level of what they spent for him has been massive value. Um, somehow Marco Silva has turned Tim Ream into one of the most informed, and I'm going to say it right now, Tim Ream might possibly be the most informed center back in the Premier League right now. <laughs> and if, if you want a certainty, Tim Ream is definitely the most informed center back Ever. This is the best stretch of form ever 
for an American center back in any European league, in any European 35. league. 35. It it's, it's so cool to see. It really is. And um, oh my Anthony God. Robinson next to him. Kenny Tete has been phenomenal for them uh, when he was cast aside uh, after he stepped out of the Eredivisie for the first time. I mean, they've just kind of resurrected the careers of a lot of really good players. I mean, Bobby D. Cordova Reed, like, what are these <laughs> players? These are, these are champ- people that you would have expected only to stay good in the championship, and not to come up to the Premier League and actually show that they can fit into a Premier League system. So Even um, Diop that didn't it. work out for West Ham. Yeah. And at Fulham, yeah. he's rejuvenated. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of good decisions. And Tim Riemann, phenomenal. That's a bold statement. And the other U.S., I'm not He's not a defender, but goalkeeper. It's Tim Howard. Yeah. Big shout to yeah. him, too. Like, historic. And you guys, history, it looks like it's only getting better. Only getting oh. better for you guys. Well, like, the, the names the names that Timmy Ream would be up against um, for what I just said in terms mm-hmm. of it being the best stretch of uh, form for any American center back in Europe ever, mm. um, the names he'd be up against would be Aguchian Yewu, Carlos Bocanegra, Jay Demerit. Uh, it would be John Brooks when he was at Wolfsburg, right? Oh. And uh, elsewhere prior. Um, and He's I'm probably missing some. Not a Benfica. Um, yeah. No, definitely not a Benfica. Oh, and I'm sorry for that. And I'm sure he's sorry for that too. Uh, no, but like... You know, there there have been some decent center backs um, across, across our time. But like mm-hmm. this resurrection of his career, considering how many times Tim Ream has come up with Fulham to the Premier League True. and then not been able to hold a starting spot in the 11. Um, this is just so refreshing and so cool to see. Um, and even form a partnership, form a bond with Jedi Robinson uh, right to his left. Um, so I I love it. Long may it continue. And and good on Tim Ream, who um, is making the best out of the what is it. the twilight of his career. Um, do I feel like Fulham will uh, – will, <laughs> will follow Pedro's uh, prognostication um, to <laughs> finish seven. top seven. Um, I would love for that to come true. Do I think they might fade into the end of the year? I don't know, man. Everybody's <laughs> dropping points right now, and oh. it's kind of refreshing to see. Oh, my goodness. Brentford doesn't seem to be one of those clubs to dropping points. True. Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, amazing teams love to it. watch. And even Wolves, man, they got a shocking win. 2-1 win to yeah. Southampton. Carol Zalcaraz scored. Bargain signing from Southampton and Drongomj, okay, with the with mm-hmm. the the goal scoring goal needed, two one win and eighteen million signing that is showing to prove right, okay, still a wonder oh, yeah. kid. So yeah. we're mentioning the Prem two, but if you mm-hmm. clicked in this video, you want to know the Champions League big time predictions because <laughs> it's coming up, and we can all mention PSG that played this week. Bayern that play this week. We can talk all about it in the Champions League. So before we get to it, leave your prediction of the Champions League and tell us who do you think will win each fixture. We want to see those comments down below. And it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Uh, so we should it start is. I mean, with the biggest game, right, Breton? <laughs> yeah, well, before you start with the biggest game, right, uh, let's just really quickly run through who's playing because it's PSG Bayern and that is the biggest oh. game. AC Milan Spurs, Chelsea Dortmund, Benfica Club Rouge, and the the majority of these teams, okay, save for Benfica, save for maybe Bayern now, but the majority of these teams have started off their 2023 in horrendous form, right? Uh, In horrendous form. PSG just got 
beat out of the Coupe, uh, Coupe de France by Marseille. And then a couple days later, with injuries to Messi and Mbappe, uh, they just got beat by AS Monaco. Uh, Bayern started uh, 2023 with a bunch of draws and seemingly are back on board. AC Milan, thank the mm, whoever, right, That's that AC horrible. Milan won their first game of the season. They have been atrocious to start this 2023. Mm-hmm. Spurs just got their butts handed to them by Leicester City, who is trying to get out of a relegation scrap. And uh, Chelsea, well, Chelsea's still 10th, even though they spent 300-plus million. Um, but Dortmund... Benfica and uh, and Bayern are maybe on the up, but well, it's 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 Champions League, man. A lot changes in the three months from the group stage to the knockout rounds. You know? It's a lot's happening, man. And even transfers happened in all this with Bayern Munich. And I think True. the transfer of Bayern with Drunken Sil is a huge up for them. And PSG yeah. Bayern Munich, PSG didn't play with their best players against. Monaco, okay, Messi wasn't there, and I think he will, he will be in the Champions League game, at least everybody hopes, so PSG ain't looking good with the loss with Marseille, now Monaco, but everybody, everybody expects to see PSG going bold in the Champions League, and if they don't, the world of football is going to be pointing fingers, so pressure is on Donnarumma, Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, Verratti, Marquinhos, Sergio Ramos. So many stars are at PSG. So they must, they must perform against Bayern Munich. That Jamal Musiala could be the best player in these two fixtures. Don't be surprised if that happens. And that would be an excellent introduction to the world of football. The whole world of football, okay? But you should know about Jamal Musiala. And an interesting fact about this fixture, in my opinion, PSG Mm -hmm. and Bayern Munich, in my opinion, have the best fullback duos in the world of football. Alfonso Davis and their drunken self for Bayern Munich. And for PSG, Mm -hmm. Nunminch and Hakimi. Both terrific and speedy, man. The best world class, in my opinion. And, duos. And we're gonna and we're gonna see who's the best. <laughs> we're gonna see who's the best. Ah, I mean, that's, that's that's the only that's literally the only note I got down here. Is it Cancelo and uh, Cancelo and Fonzi, or is it Hakimi and Mendes? Right. <laughs> um, and and you gotta love it. I mean, the, the Cancelo addition was such a smart addition to. Uh, you know, Nagelsmann set up at Bayern uh, and to their run. And But this is this is a club here. You know, Bayern is this well-oiled machine that has obviously been at the top of German football for years and years and years now. Uh, PSG obviously is very similar to where it feels like a foregone conclusion that even after they lose the Monaco, they're going to win Ligue 1. True, but true. Bayern is not full out. The expectation is not on Nagelsmann to go win the Champions League. It's to do really well and maybe, maybe win it. Bayern has um, to be a contender, but, though, Bretson, in my opinion. Bayern- oh, they, they definitely are a contender. But what I'm saying is Nagelsmann will not lose his job if he loses in this in this round, in my opinion. Where, whereas Christoph Gaultier will lose his job <laughs> if PSG loses in this round. The only reason you have and retain Messi is not to win the Coupe de France, which is the only... Mm-hmm. competition that Messi has ever been in that he still has not won, okay? Uh, the only reason you retain Messi, retain Neymar, retain um, retain Mbappe, pay him all these bucks, is not to win Ligue 1 for the umpteenth time. <laughs> it is to win the Champions League. And if you do not win the Champions League, 
you're out. You should be kicked kicked by the wayside, right? So, uh, you know, Luis Campos might get another year, but Galtier, he's gone I like if they do that. not win this I like that Bayern. prediction, and it makes a lot of sense. And I want to highlight, yeah. too, with PSG. PSG right now, with under-24 talents, they are stocked, absolutely stocked, from Mbappe, Donnarumma, Vitinha, Ekitike, yeah. okay, great player, Warren Zairemri at 16, unbelievable, Pembele, uh, so there's great players to watch in this team, and Nunmenj, Nunmenj, Nunmenj. Oh yeah, say. of course Nunmenj. What's he now? Twenty one, twenty. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. Twenty. Goodness. I think twenty. I think he's just twenty still. So unbelievable. Feel like feel like we've been talking about him way too long. 16, um, 17, I've been watching him. So. It's... But but listen, like there there is a limitation here, right? PSG is is injured or they were resting their players for what obviously is a much bigger clash this mm-hmm. week. Um, they gave a chance to El Shaddai Bitshaibu. Oh, yeah. I don't know terrible. how to say it. And he is still a, a phenomenal, phenomenal high ceiling talent. But yes. it goes to show you that sometimes you can't just give a player you know, a start like that and expect him to always perform. Uh, these, these kids are kids. They're still developing. Sure. They're not all Erling Hollands at 17 and, um, or whatever, right. A good center back at uh, Saliba's at Delete. 17 or something, you know, exactly. Bit Shaibu had himself an absolute shocker, uh, against Monaco. Whereas Warren Zaire Emery scored his second league on goal. So it comes with the territory, but PSG ain't about, ain't about that territory. And that's exactly why, <laughs> You see PSG lose a lot of their youth products. That's why Nkunku uh, went off. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, all sorts of players that we could list um, that, that went off. But it's it's refreshing in one sense. But when it doesn't work out, it's always like, well, why'd you play the kids in the first place? True. You know? True. Um, but the, I, the, the star of that Monaco PSG game, I must say, is, is Eliasse uh, Ben Seger. Uh, ben Seger. Oh, yeah. uh, just, and with some, with some Ben Yetter, who is the eternal wonder kid, I guess you could say. That man scores so consistently, it is just shocking. Two At braces. 32 years old, what Ben Yetter has done. Two it braces in the last two games against PSG. <laughs> a beast I love it. at FIFA and a beast in real life, okay, people? I love Understand it. that. I love it. For Monaco, yeah. captain. Unbelievable. And Ben Seguir mm-hmm. at 17, that assists to... One of the best wonder kids to watch under 18. Andreas yep. Leldrup, Ben Seguir, Warren Zaire Emery. So many talents are now coming up. I'm excited, Great. man. And the Great. other player, we're mentioning PSG. We have to say yeah. that Bayern beats Boschum 3-0. And Bayern do have a ton of talents. It's not just Dortmund. And Ibrahimovic, okay, mm-hmm. became the second youngest player to debut for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Yep. And it's not Ibrahimovic, Elisa Milan. It's the new Ibrahimovic developed by Bayern Munich. Be excited. Yep. And Ibrahimovic, <laughs> Musiala, yep. Delict, Matisse Tell. There's a lot. A lot. Alfonso Davis, obviously. A lot of young Paul players. Paul Warner. Paul Warner. Oh, man. Yeah. So, but, but, yeah, what's to but watch Bayern like, Munich? This is... He- this Ibrahimovic is too soccer, too soccer. Oh goodness, I just said soccer. Oof. Oh man, I'm in trouble. Two football careers younger. Mm. Two football careers younger <laughs> than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Okay, he's 25 years younger. It's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. 
But this Ibrahimovic is definitely one you're going to watch and track in the future, and, and hopefully it does work out for him long-term at Bayern. But he is getting the love he has deserved because he has been consistent for their youth squad. Um, but there was, you know, I agree. There, it's it's a clash of, like, phenomenal development system up to mm-hmm. a point and a uh, both clubs that expect results right now well beyond their domestic leagues because while Bayern's in more of a fight in the Bundesliga this season, we do expect them to pull it out. Uh, while... Uh, PSG might have dropped the game against Monaco. They still have a seven-point lead, and they should be okay long-term, <laughs> domestic. But when it comes down to it, P- PSG Bayern is is a clash that everybody's gonna want to watch. Who go through? And I do have to ask you: there's an right, there's an X factor here for me that is not Messi, that is not Neymar, it is not uh, it is not Mbappe, and whether or not he plays. Mm. Believe it or not, it's it's a guy that has not necessarily gotten running mm. yet at PSG. It's whether or not Vitinha can do something uh, for PSG and whether or not he even plays a role. I don't know. Um, but listen, like I- I've just looked at it, and Vitinha has not been the Vitinha we saw and the Vitinha we know he can be um, at PSG just yet. And I don't know if that's part and parcel of the Gaultier system. I don't know if it's the expectations of playing for PSG. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to bring it up to you because you and I are both still incredibly high on Vitinha. Oh, yeah. You in particular – uh, Long term, same as Fabio Vieira at Arsenal. Yeah. Um. But but are there yellow flags or red flags that are currently raised for you with Vitinha at PSG, um, uh, or do you expect him to come good, or force a move at some point? I think just like Nunmich, it's the first season at PSG. Vitinha, I think in the next season, the third, the fourth, he'll only improve with time, and he'll gain okay. importance too for the Portuguese national team. Wearing signs right now, but he, I, I'm confident that he can go bold against Bayern Munich, against Jamal Musiala and Kimish. Very tough yeah. competition. So who's going to go through, in your opinion? PSG or Bayern ba- Munich, Bretton? <laughs> Mia San, Mia San Mia. Ba- Bayern Munich. Jamal Musiala masterclass incoming. Those are the yeah. expectations, I guess. And Alfonso Davis. But a lot yeah. of Minch. But a lot. Yep. He messy. If you're going to win the yeah. eighth Ballon d'Or, go bold against Bayern Munich. Everybody wants to see it. So let's yeah. see. Uh, and and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you who the, the actual X Sorry. factor for Bayern is. Beyond Musiala, <laughs> the X factor for Bayern Munich is going to be is going to be Jan Sommer. Oh, it's going to be Jan good Sommer. Show. Good show. Good show. Uh, be, because he can turn it on in these big games, right? We've seen it before, obviously, with the Swiss national team as well. But uh, we also know that Donnarumma, can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be, it, it's going to be clearly we are spending so much time on PSG Bayern because there's a reason. <laughs> there's an absolute reason. This is the blockbuster True. and I'm excited. And so, and so I want to give a shout to Club Bruges against Benfica. Yeah. I do think Benfica will go through against Club Bruges. Yes. Okay. I'm really confident even without Enzo cashed in big mm-hmm. time, but Benfica Club Bruges is a scouting heaven. Bargains yep. everywhere for the top teams. Skov Olsen, like, must, must be shouted out for Club Bruges. Ferran Jutkla, yeah. informed player, former Barcelona. And in Benfica's side, you got João Mario, Antonio Silva, Florentino Luis, top te- mm. Gonçalo Ramos. Top teams will be watching this Club Bruges Benfica. So you might as well, too. Or at least just put the notifications to, ser- but, to see who goes bold. So I think Benfica will go through. <laughs> but it is interesting because it's kind of a changing of the guard that's happening in Belgium right now. Club Bruges has been so dominant. Right now, it's gank. 
Gank Ooh. is kind of unbeatable, right? Mark mm-hmm. McKenzie, Philly, Philly bread shout out. <laughs> Got to bring that up. Um, but no, uh, it is interesting because the Barca, uh, Barca, my gosh, mm. Benfica was probably not expecting to lose that. What was it? The Tasa, Tasa de something uh, versus Braga. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. our FA Cup, Portuguese FA yeah. Cup, let's say. You know, they, they, they weren't expecting, you know, necessarily to get beat. Uh, Right in that sense, um, so there's probably a little desire there, um, but no, I, I, nothing as stark as as um, currently Club Bruges is not the dominant player in Belgium right now. I want to say they this. have been missed. Sorry, yes. sorry, sorry, you're mentioning no, Braga, but Braga yeah. literally, I think in Portugal, they're be- Portugal is starting to have a top four. Porto, Benfica, Sporting e Sporting de Braga. Right now, they sold Vitinha for 32 million. Trincão, mm-hmm. they also sold in the past. David Carmo to Porto. And if they get yep. Champions League football, the Qatar investment, the same owners of PSG that own part of Braga, Braga will improve. Braga will yep. improve. And they signed Pizzi and Bruma in January. Okay, So these were top signings made by the club and it will be very interesting to see so just because you mentioned yeah. Braga I was thinking about that and they beat, no, no. They beat Benfica and yeah that was there uh, Ben Benfica has one boogeyman this whole season right and that's Braga, Braga. true true <laughs> the only two losses the only... of Benfica were Braga. It's Braga and the only game Enzo ever lost in a Benfica shirt if I'm oh, not mistaken it's right true. It's true. All yep. my days, three so, no loss. He just wasn't there, there. and that was a reason nah. too that Rui Costa was just fine with Enzo leaving. He didn't love the club, as he said in his words. So it's, it was it was bold Ooh. that interview of Rui Costa. But uh, we're mentioning yeah. still Champions League. <laughs> we, yes. we we said Tottenham is inconsistent ball with Conte, oh. but Conte knows Serie A teams, and AC Milan ain't looking good. Rafael Leão. <laughs> Tonali, Teo Hernandez, if you want to leave AC Milan, go bold in the Champions League against Tottenham. Because there's an opportunity there for both clubs to turn the season around. To turn the season around. So, Yeah. Uh, Milan has had one of the worst starts to 2023 um, that I've seen for a club that calls itself a big club in a very long time. And then Spurs beat Manchester City uh, and then follow it up where if Antonio Conte was not in the hospital before this game, if he was on the sideline of this game, this 4-1 loss to Leicester City, uh, he would have been put in the hospital right after this game. Because I don't know how, how he would have been able to watch that from the sideline and say, this is, this is a Spurs team capable of going far in the champions league. That was atrocious. That was absolutely atrocious. That was much more than a, a, a James Madison and a, a Nacho, um, you know, masterclass of some sort. Uh, but Spurs clearly had their mind on this game. Um, and you're right. AC Milan, I don't know, but Rafa Leao has had that amazing break, not breakout season. He's had breakout seasons before, but has mm-hmm. had has gone from having this insane season last season to where he almost single-handedly helped uh, AC Milan get over the top of their Scudetto win um, to he is, he's in a funk right now. He is in an absolute funk and it, it almost looks, it almost seems like you can see it in his body language. He does not look like that same Rafa Leal, bring it all on mm-hmm. um, guy that we saw maybe even at the beginning of the season. We saw we yeah. saw glimmers of it for True. AC Milan this season, but the Rossoneri are, are in a dangerous spot right now. True. They really are. True. And um, Rafael so. Yeo was like be competing with the likes of Kvaradona, Kvisha Kvaradskilia, competing with yeah. the likes of Vinicius Junior, and his form in 2023 
isn't matching that form in 2022. So people will be pointing fingers. And this match against Tottenham, Borla Rafael, yo. I believe in you. You've got intangibles and you're one of the best wingers in the world of football. And this is a chance to show the world. Ibrahimovic, oh. the huge motivator, man. I'm, I'm sure you'll be having wars yeah. before that Champions League game. But I still believe Tottenham are going to go through with Antonio Conte. But I would love to see AC Milan, the Rossonieri, going bold yeah. in the Champions League with Maldini's decisions. Tonali, Mike Magnan back. Kalulu, yeah. Teo Hernandez. It'd be a great story since Napoli's going to win Serie A. So there's another yeah. big match. Another big match. Frankfurt-Napoli, since we're mentioning AC Milan, sure. uh, AC Milan against Tottenham. Frankfurt, Napoli. Frankfurt's impressing, impressing so many people. Rando Colomani yes, specifically in the Bundesliga with more than 10 assists. Unbelievable. Free transfer too. And the uh -huh. Napoli. Ozimek, Varadona, Lobotka, Minjay Kim. So, Mario Rui. What a, he's an excellent form, Mario Rui. I'm so hyped about that. Nun Minch, Mario Rui, Rafael Kern with an assist to the bread today. So, yep. people, people watch this matchup of Napoli-Frankfurt. I just wanted to say yeah. that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a dangerous one for Napoli. I think a little more um, dangerous than they, they would have thought um, mm -hmm. heading into the season. Because if we fast forward, fast forward, if we rewind back to pre-World Cup, uh, Frankfurt hadn't really gotten off to a good start yet, right? But mm -hmm. since Kolomoani has come back, he has been, obviously, he's been that consistent form, but everybody has picked up around him. Um, and Frankfurt has continued to impress. But I, I do think, I don't think it's that crazy to say. I think Napoli is built um, to get through this and they should move on. Contenders. Um, but it ain't, yeah, it ain't, it ain't as, it's not going to be as comfortable as, as anyone else out there when you give at that first glance to Eintracht Frankfurt versus Napoli. It's, you know, you immediately go, Napoli's going to win. It ain't going to be that easy. Frankfurt so, won their Opoli for a reason. But being honest, yep. I think this Napoli team plays better than that Ajax team that went bold with Frankie De Jong, mm. leaked with Eric Ten Hag. It was amazing to watch, but this Napoli team has world-class players with Ozime, Kvaradona, Minje Kim. Literally, I think they could play in any team in the world of football right now. I know it's bold, yeah. and Spalletti, man, is the best coach in Serie A this season, no doubt in my mind. With Allegri yeah. there, Pioli there, not looking good. And Spalletti, great decision by the president of Napoli for him to stay. So I wanted to yeah. give a shout out to that. And we're, me we're mentioning, so we got Inter too. You want to give a shout out to Interport? <laughs> Inter uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, we, can, we can do that maybe next podcast. Since yes. They're what? They're the week after. But the big one is Chelsea Dortmund. Ooh. That, that's coming. I, I believe that's on Wednesday. Yes, right? it that's is. That's on Wednesday. That is, that is midweek. And it's... I don't know here. Uh, Dortmund's <laughs> hot. Dortmund's hot. Chelsea's not, but Chelsea has all these new players, these saviors, these these people. They got Enzo, um, but Dortmund <laughs> is hot right now. Dortmund has been winning. They have been playing more cohesively. They've been getting it from all places. Most recently, it was Jamie Bino Gittens. Julian Brandt is once again in top Bundesliga form. Whether or not that carries over, I don't know. And I'm going to say it again for those that didn't hear me in the back. Jude Bellingham is the best player in the Bundesliga right now. Sorry. Bold man, Englishman, the mentality. That's why the it's whole huge. world of football wants Jude Bellingham. Real City, but, but, Liverpool. Pfft. 
everywhere. But but Alex, like this this was almost as if uh, <laughs> every, he, it's almost as if he and he doesn't read our FC Wonder Kid uh, comments, <laughs> but. It'd be amazing if he did, because if he read the comments saying, well, Musiala plays golf or Musiala plays tennis mm. or, you know, Thomas Mueller and all them. I'm talking about form right now. Jude Bellingham is so hot. Yes, Musiala's close, but it's as if Jude Bellingham listened and he <laughs> put in a masterclass over the weekend uh, without, without, I believe, getting on the score sheet. That's he true. had nine, nine dribbles won, nine complete dribbles during this game, which is the most for anyone in the Bundesliga this season Bellingham. beyond beyond Jamal Musiala Jude Bellingham you don't look at him and go yeah this guy will take everybody on like a Jamal Musiala I mean he does but to the tune of nine nine of them Jamal Musiala has not hit that number yet it's almost as if he was like yeah you know I am the best player I can do <laughs> anything in this and listen Jamal Musiala is an insane talent um, but if if Bellingham once he takes that next step up to a more consistently run team Mm -hmm. uh, from Dortmund somewhere else. It is going to be fun to watch those two going at it uh, for years and years to come, except, I don't know, Musiala's not going to be... Well, maybe he will go to the Premier League. Well, anyway, well, both, just got to say. Both. they'll they, Wherever they go, they'll always be loved, I think. Jamal Musiala, Jude Bellingham. Cause, That's for because sure. they're terrific players. And Dortmund yeah. is coming to London, okay? Or Dortmund is playing Chelsea with Jude Bellingham, an Englishman, playing terrific football, and Jamie Bino Jitsons in 280 yeah. minutes in the Bundesliga with three goals. Terrific form, and watch out for Karima Deyemi. Schlotterbeck improving. Rafael Kreid. Rafael Kreid. Go bold against Chelsea. We want to see yeah, that. Man. That'd be incredible. <laughs> and, and Nico, watching him, uh, that is the Nico Schlotterbeck we saw. Oh, that yeah. is what we have seen. That is, I think, what Dortmund was expecting. It's It has taken him a while to get there, but, man, he is there. He is officially there. He is one of the better young center backs in the entire Bundesliga, um, and they have a chance. They have a chance. I know this is 10th place Chelsea, but this is still Chelsea. This is still a good team that will want to, because the Premier League is lost, mm -hmm. they will want to make a statement in the Champions League, so Dortmund is going to have their hands full. And I do think this is... This is the X factor for me, for Chelsea. I do think it's Mikhailo Mudrik hmm. against Dortmund's uh, defense. Because Dortmund's defense is not and amazing. Felix. Uh, and I think I think Felix is big, but I think it's going to be the game-changing ability. That flair that you referenced last week. It's going to be that <laughs> type of thing that, that wins Chelsea this game over both legs. So it'll be really interesting to me mm -hmm. to see whether or not he can put in the performance that everybody is expecting of him so far. Since we've seen glimpses. But we haven't seen it, seen the finished product yet. And, um, and, you, so. and you're mentioning a player rejuvenated. I want to give a shout out to this player with Leverkusen, Florian Wirtz, okay, beating that yeah. ACL injury and now in top form for Leverkusen of Xabi Alonso. And Florian Wirtz is one of the best talents in the world of football, no doubt in my mind, for Bayer Leverkusen. Yep. People must yeah. remember this name creativity, assists, goal score ability. He is. He does it all. So people, yep. watch out. And Leverkusen will be playing Monaco in Europa mm. League. So that's going to be a very good fixture to watch in terms of talents. Absolutely. <laughs> and and Virts, just just think about what that that kid has been through. 
think about what he's been through, you know, and you can take that experience and you can say, you know, what if Jude Bellingham had to go through this also 19 years old? What if Jamal Musiala had to go through something like this? Neither of them have had to deal with this type of a setback. And it is one of the more exciting things to see in 2023 is to see Florian Beards back on the pitch for Xabi Alonso's Leverkusen and dishing assists. And hopefully he'll get his goal soon enough. And Olzak being yeah. involved to so many youngsters, Sinkebi, Tapsoba, yeah. Musa Diaby. Oh, Frig Pong, yeah. Chef Kiss, man. Yeah, go nice. bold, go bold. And be in yep. that top five race against Frankfurt, Leipzig, Union Berlin 2, Munich, and Dortmund. Mm. People want to see that. Xabi Alonso ball. I love that yeah. mention. And we meant, we, have we did we say about Man City, Leipzig? Because Man City uh, now is having a tough time and they need to prove legally that they're not guilty about these financial mistakes, okay? That we yeah. don't want to see that happening. It would be uh, mad, mad Man City well, getting to lower than League One football? That would be insane. Uh, insane. Guardiola yeah. would be out. Haaland would be out. The history of Man City will be tarnished. If this happens, so th- it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see. And and hey. and there are people, there are people much smarter than us that are that are delving through all of this stuff and figuring out what is different from UEFA's investigation to the Premier League's investigation. Uh, but listen, over time, this will this this will work itself out. One of the things that we saw recently mm. was Pep Guardiola's uh, tone of support. He came out and he has said. I have no reason to think that they have lied to me. I don't think that they have lied to me. And I support I am here because he had previously had that quote attributed to him where if he found out that somebody lied to him, one of the ownership group had lied to him, um, he was out the door. Uh, But listen, Manchester City is not running away from this. You don't have a five or four year investigation that leads to 115 charges just get swept under the rug. And you can say as a fan that – what about Chelsea? What about this other team? What about that team? It doesn't matter because guess what's trained on you? Mm-hmm. The microscope is trained on you. True. Right? Manchester City is under the microscope right now. It, you can make an argument about all those other teams, but it doesn't matter. And I do have to wonder. I do have to wonder, right? And that's mm-hmm. why Pep probably has said, I support Manchester City. I am ready to go. I am not going anywhere anytime soon, Okay. That is huge. I don't think people realize how big that is based on the allegations underneath the hood, the financial accounting allegations, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, under it the is. table allegations, that sort of stuff. And that is massive because you got to start to think that guys like Erling Holland, guys like Bernardo Silva, guys that have been and will be the soul of this club in the future, you got to think that there's some doubt that has crept in their minds, Facts. right? A little bit of doubt, like what happens? So I am so trained to think, uh, you know, how is this going to affect Man City's psyche? Psyche. There's no doubt they have world-class players all across the board, but how will this affect Manchester City's psyche uh, throughout the second half of this season? And every game becomes so ridiculously important mm-hmm. that Pep leading the charge and saying, I support, I support, I am here. I'm not going any here, anywhere more than ever before. I am here for Manchester City. That goes a very long way, and I think that might be why 
I don't think anything's changing for Man City. It, it's it's business as usual, at least until the end of the season. And I think like the Prem is more tight now with these investigations and investment groups yeah. coming in. And look at how Newcastle's spending their money. They're not spending <laughs> like Chelsea did in the past, like Man City did. No. They're spending it very, very organized. And they seem to know that things aren't the same. Okay, I really want to give that shout out. And you said Holland. Holland this season is the player with mo with the most goals scored uh, in 2022-2023. Okay, Holland has 31 goals. And yeah. Mbappe has 25. Lewandowski 23. Uh, Rashford 20. Very interesting to say this one. And Harry Kane yeah. 19 goals scored. <laughs> These are the top five goal scorers this season okay it just shows how ridiculous the talent of holland and mbappe is man unbelievable two players yes, unbelievable sir. astronomically absolutely clear. and jude he bellingham is. musiala pedri gavi so many mores to come but i want to ask you this because this award will be happening who's going to win the fifa fifa's best player will it be messi will it be mbappe will it be benzema who will win it <laughs> I'm, I, oh, you know I, what are the what are the statues? It's just calendar year. Uh, yeah, that's what I that's what I forget. You know, in this, I mean, does does the World Cup count in us? It has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has yeah. to. <laughs> so, so, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna say Leo Messi. Yeah, Messi deserves to win the FIFA Best Player yeah. this season. Okay, that World Cup form, the best player of the World Cup, no doubt in my mind. But Mbappe is looking very excited for Mbappe. Mbappe is hungry. Oh, yeah. He's determined, and he certainly has the talent. And Real Madrid, man, Real Madrid. Who would you rather get for 2024 mm. if you were Real Madrid, Mbappe or Erling Haaland? Well, I know it's probably going to be if it's Zidane coming back at some point. It's uh, it's going to be killing Mbappe. To me. And Ryan Shirky, I love and Ryan Shirky. That's so it yeah. would be amazing. And Ancelotti, a lot of people say he might be joining the Brazil national team. National every team. Brazilian My goodness. must want that. You every but, Brazilian. You but but like how? <laughs> how actually intuitive is it that Ancelotti would go there? Who has been the biggest reason behind Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo, uh, their development? Who has been their the biggest and who has gotten the best out of Casemiro in the last few years? True. It's been Carlo Ancelotti. It has been Carlo I Ancelotti. Um, that, that was and, and man, I, I got to say, in watching Real Madrid these days, um, you know who they're missing the most? Who, uh, Casemiro. Who, oh, yeah. They're true. missing Casemiro the most. I mean, they have lost ground in La Liga. They have let Vinicius Jr. gets his butt physically handed to him and verbally handed to him every game, even if it doesn't cross the line, which it does most of the time, uh, racially, he gets his butt handed to him every game. He still scores. He still assists. He still does amazing things. But they need an enforcer, and they need an enforcer fast. Mm -hmm. I do not see people going up and, and attacking the people that are taking pot shots at Vinicius Jr. Oh, all yeah. game. Um, or Benzema. Benzema gets his... His ankles, you know, attacked. His his shins attacked all game, every game. And Casemiro, if he was still there, he would not allow that to stand. I, I right? agree. Good, good shot, um, man. Casemiro being absolutely instrumental for Man United. A replacement on the bench needed if Casemiro doesn't play. Games against yeah. Leeds show that. Annabelle Mestri turning up. Okay, I wanted to mention that. Mm. Golazo yeah. free kick. Okay, great, great player to watch. And we're yeah. mentioning FIFA best player. I want to mm -hmm. say, 
I want to say Ronaldo, okay? Scored a poker in the Saudi League. He's going to be the top goal scorer. And Ronaldo, happy birthday, okay? He turned 38. One of, the, one of the greatest to play football in this game. And there's a mad stat that I wanted to share with the people at home. Cristian Ronaldo, at 28, had 339 goals scored. Now at 38... He's got two, 823 goals scored. Insane what he did in the space of 10 years. At Real Madrid, at Juventus, and even that first season at Man United too. He scored those goals. So He has uh, tr truly shown that 38 is the new 25. So good for him. <laughs> and uh, Ronaldo has uh -huh. scored more goals after the age of 30 than before too. So with time, Ronaldo improved in that 30 to 35 uh, margin. Okay, he was really unbelievable in those times. So you know, go bold, Ronaldo. Tim Ream, Timmy Ream must have signed up for the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, <laughs> workout class or something because it's it's something like uh, only only Ronaldo and Messi can age like fine wine, right? Ibra. Actually, there are plenty of others. Ibra, and it is. We have to admit, it is nice to see Ibra back, back and you know, mm. functional and active. Um, but Ibrahimovic is not back to necessarily uh, deliver a poker in any game or resurrect AC Milan's hopes mm -hmm. at a Scudetto uh, again or a second Castetto, a Scudetto in a row. Uh, Ibrahimovic has turned into more of a vocal leader um, around those camps. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, it, yeah, the, the longevity that we do see in this sport now um, flies in the face. It flies in the face of that um, thought process that 70 games a year, 80 games a year is absolutely insane. It still is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously these people that have lasted, right? All of these guys that are just getting better and better. Um, and it, that's it's it's pretty impressive stuff. And I it's, want to give an example of a career that shows yeah. how Ronaldo Pirlo, all of them are so impressive. It's Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba mm. still hasn't played a match for Juve, okay? And we're in February. February. People will be yeah. pointing fingers at the success of Man United run, uh, right now with Paul Pogba leaving and obviously Ronaldo too after that Piers yeah. Morgan interview. Paul Pogba mm -hmm. isn't looking good for many people. And I wouldn't, ex I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Pogba yeah. will go to the MLS at like in two, three years' time. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just hope he gets healthy again. Sure, um, but yeah, but mm. but if we are going to talk about somebody that might actually be coming to the MLS soon, mm. it it's Obama Yang. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obama Yang, yeah, no, uh, Obama Yang, LAFC. I don't know if they'll actually be able to get it over. Um, but that that's the thing is you were listing all of those players, right? Mm -hmm. All those players that are going to have to leave. Not you know, it's part of the process. You know, you can't just have 70 players on your roster, right? You're sure. going to have to start bloodletting and letting people go. You mentioned Pulisic. You mentioned possibly Connor Gallagher. You mentioned um, mm -hmm. how lost his cheek after today. No, um, you're you're also going to have to get rid of two massive clunkers, mm. right? And that is Aubameyang, and it also is Sterling. Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku, man. Uh, yeah. Romelu Lukaku is still on the books, at Chelsea. It is still, <laughs> I believe, a cost of about 58 million plus um, at Chelsea. So that is one of the big shoes that got to drop because the way he's been playing for Inter.
Oh. Uh, I don't think, and and the, and the health of a lot of the Serie L clubs, financial Serie A clubs, not Serie L clubs, financially. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone's spending a hundred million on Romelu Lukaku anytime soon. The facts, not even fifty million. It's Harry Maguire no, vibes with Lukaku right there, man. Ooh, Ain't looking good, and that for Chelsea too. Another player, Tough. another player bites the dust. Lukaku, yeah. Pulisic, Ziyech, Gallagher, Mandy. Oh my God, oh it's terrific, but. Kante terrific, but they'll all be leaving as it seems. And I want to say, I want to end the pod on my end with two Brazilian mm. talents. Okay, I want to first mm. shout out Vitor Hock. Okay, every top team in Europe wants this 70 year old winger because he's one of the best talents in Copa Sudamericana with six. Goals scored the key player for Brazil next to Andre Santos that went to Chelsea. And if Hendrik yeah. went to Real, don't be surprised if Barca go and get Vitor Roque. Okay, 60 million release yeah. clause, but as it seems, 40 million can do the job to, for, to sign him. So let's yep. <laughs> I wanted to say that. Yeah. A, a great, awesome shout out. Um, and this U20 Sudamericana, I, I think people need to realize that when you watch this club, you literally are watching. There's a good chance that the majority of these names wind up becoming household names in the future True. because the U20 Sudamericana, if you go back to the one previous to COVID, uh, the names would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, 2020 vision, looking back at it, oh, yeah, we knew this was going to happen, right? But uh, Luciano Rodriguez and Alvaro Rodriguez. Alvaro Rodriguez plays for in Castilla, plays for uh, Real Madrid. All right, so he's already abroad and hoping to, to – I believe he might have actually made his debut mm -hmm. or he's on the cusp of making his deb debut for Real Madrid. But Luciano Rodriguez, I believe, is still in Uruguay, and he's the one that just scored that match winner for Uruguay against Colombia, the hosts, mm. um, and setting up a two-point lead where they can either, obviously, beat Brazil or draw Brazil Oof. in the final game to potentially upset Brazil in this in this you know, this U20 Sudamericano. So Vitor Roca and Andre Santos have been so ridiculously amazing and instrumental mm -hmm. uh, for Brazil. But I just want to make sure that you remember the name of that trio from Uruguay, Luciano Rodriguez, Alvaro Rodriguez, and the midfielder that I like the most, Fabrizio Diaz. Um, they're so good. And um, I mean, there's a reason why. Let's see, they're what? They've won every game here except for one. <laughs> Seven wins out of eight. Seven wins out of eight, uh, with the only tie coming against, the only draw coming against Ecuador. And uh, they've got the biggest game ahead of them tomorrow uh, or soon against Brazil. And we'll see. Uh, love it, we'll see love it. And I, I, I'm going to mention another Brazilian talent too here at the end of the pod with Ronaldinho's yep. son signed for Barcelona, leaving Cruzeiro, okay? João Mendes. João Mendes forward for Cruzeiro, 17 years old. Everybody wants to see if he can match the expectations of Ronaldinho. But just seeing that the, 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 the legacy of Ronaldinho stays on yeah. and with Barcelona too. So wanted to give yeah. that shout out with João Minch. No pressure. You kid. think? He, you, you, yeah, I was going to say, you think he's got a chance? You think he's got a chance to, uh, you know? Well, to, to, to get, it, get some minutes, I wouldn't, I, I could see that happening. But if Ferran Jutkla went to like Club Bruges and didn't manage to stay, I don't know if it's, yeah. it's going to be very hard. But let's see if Joe Minch can do it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it happen. But I mean, he's got, he's got as much of a chance as uh, the Beckham boys got a chance to play for Brentford oh. um, anytime soon. 
question. Uh, but but he did play for Inter Miami, I think. No, I don't think he actually ever played. Maybe in the U.S. Open Cup. But anyway, um, I digress. Did, but with, with this, you, you know what we avoided today? You know what we did not talk about at all? Mm. Which maybe maybe as more information comes out, we didn't talk about the Super League. <laughs> the Super League. Oh Whoops. my days! Which Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juve are pushing the Super League. Have contacted every top club in Europe, as it seems. And the difference: there's no guarantees yeah. now. No guarantees, right. and that should have been in the first proposal, okay? But minimal, I think, is 14 matches of every top team to play each other, which will generate tickets, tourism to their countries. So let's see. I think people yeah. people are starting to look at it with eyes, giving giving it a chance. Well, so let's see. Well, well, here's here's the thing. If you're in the camp that a Super League of some sort is inevitable, mm. this, in fact, is a step in the right direction it is mm. but if you think that so much has changed amidst fandom amidst uh our you know uh, inability to kind of uh feel like we know what's going on at our clubs or feel like we you know actually trust uefa or fifa or the premier league or whatever right um if you're skeptical of all that if, if fandom is still fandom to you and that domestic league is every every bit um the, the important part uh, of things, and the Champions League isn't broken or mm. something, um, this doesn't move we'll the needle that much. much. This doesn't move the needle that much. It, I don't think enough has changed in the last two years. Um, what, what it feels like to me is it feels like the clubs that are increasingly getting left behind by the financial behemoth that is the Premier League are the clubs that are pushing this, pushing this as a keeping up with the Joneses type of situation instead of looking inwards as to how, how to raise the profile of La Liga, raise the profile of Serie A and get away from the insanity that, that has been, you know, we don't talk about Barcelona the football as much as we should have Whoa. over the last year. It has been all about the levers they pull. It has all been all about... You know, oh, who I, says I, this, who says what? But, We're getting back to the football, but bringing back this Super League talk only puts that back in the forefront. But Barca, It really but, does. But Barca can't just can't just can't match the, the numbers of the, the Premier League. That's facts, in my opinion. And Barca's transfers this season, like, guaranteed them winning the La Liga. And Ronaldo Rouge and I think Conde were out for the last games in the Champions League too, which were huge factors for them not being in the Champions League. And I want to say yeah. too, Barca has record attendances with Xavi. Even more than when they played with Guardiola. Camp Nou is absolutely full supporting this team with Pedri, Gavi, Ronaldo Rouge, Conde, Balde. Yeah. They believe in this new core of Barcelona. And I believe in it too. I'm excited, man. Let's <laughs> be on. I'm, I'm talking, you know, Real Madrid. I'm talking Barcelona. I'm talking Juve. You know, mm -hmm. the guys that, the leftovers, right, of that original crew mm. um, that everyone turned their backs on. And the Bayern. Premier League clubs have pretty much <laughs> turned their backs on it. Yeah. Already, this new Super League. It is, if you think it's in inevitable, it is a step in the right direction to not being a closed circuit money making machine. But what I'm trying to say is, like you just said, that there's no way Barcelona is ever going to match the Premier League, right? Well, now, right th now. There, there, was a, there, there was a big decision made, right, back in the day. Yeah, this doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. There's two ways to make it happen, I guess, overnight. And that is to invite ridiculous amounts of foreign ownership, which has happened in the Premier League. 
mm-hmm. right? Whether they're Americans, whether they're Qatari, whether they're whatever, ridiculous amounts, okay? And then also to to make it seem, or whether or not you believe it or not, uh, to make it seem as if the Premier League is the must-watch football mm-hmm. every weekend. And that is something that has not been built overnight. That is something that has built been built over the last 20 years. Right. Whether you agree with it, it doesn't matter. It's very true. But if, if La Liga can band together, and I think a lot of this is La Liga clearly has said, you know, this is Super League's never going to happen, not on our watch. Javier Tebas is like, this ain't happening, okay? Mm. But when it comes down to it, how do you make La Liga so that high tide rises all ships? How do you make it so that La Liga lifts all of their constituents, all of their teams, and not just the tippy-top ones? And that's the issue here. That's That's kind of the issue. And there's... There's, you know, uh, a top-to-bottom discussion to be had, obviously, in the Premier League, too. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, I mean, that's why you see Bournemouth spending $50 million plus, more than a whole league. Um, but when it comes down to it, there is there was a decision made 15, 20 years ago and an incremental growth along the way that has pushed the Premier League to this ridiculous precipice. And whether or not, economically, it can sustain itself long-term, I don't know, right? That's for somebody much higher than either of our pay grades, we don't even get paid, right? Come on. Uh, but La Liga, Ligon, how do you get, right, uh, Syria, how do you get that worldwide discussion around your uh, around your league? And do Syria fans or La Liga fans even want that? Do they want it to the point where Joe Schmo from Haddonfield, New Jersey, is tuning in every week uh, pretending he knows everything about Syria or pretending he knows everything about La Liga? I don't know. The casual fan is what ultimately gets you the the TV money that you need. And Whoa. that is that is the USA. That is Eastern East Asia. That is, you know, the most populous places on this planet that don't have football as their day-to-day, you know, check-in. Um so it's really really interesting to me as to who's starting that plan at universalizing, that's not a word, who is starting the plan to make La Liga the top league on the planet? It's, uh, I think, yeah, very interesting. I think many points were, were raised. I, th- I, I agree with you. The Premier League worked harder in terms of publicizing their own league, which increased yeah. the TV rights value completely, which increased the sponsors looking into the Premier League too. La Liga, <laughs> Serie A, Bundesliga, they need to look at what the, uh, that the Premier League did, 100%. And the Champions League too. Like, you can't acquire, like, to just get Champions League football TV right. You can't get a subscription of just Champions League football. People would subscribe yeah. to just watch Champions League. And the fact that you can't do it, like, things, a lot of topics can be discussed because of this. It's the oh, way yeah. that it it's, markets it. But people, it's tell us down huge. below your thoughts about the Super League. And will it happen? Is it inevitable? Will the Champions League end? Tell us your thoughts in the comment section. In episode 92, we discuss Chelsea. We discuss Arsenal. We discuss now the Super League. Vitor Roque, go watch episode 92, people. Please, link in bio, okay? YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you're listening until now, do not forget to like this video. And thank you, people, for going bold in episode 92.